and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are here for a week 14 review in the 2023 NFL season. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davis, and I'm this week, I'm joined by a returning guest. With me today is Titans fan, Greg Kett. Greg, first of all, how are you? How have you been? Hi, Andy. Uh, yeah, all good. I mean, can't really complain. Got three hours sleep last night, but I can sleep on three hours when uh, when the Titans win a game because... We have not had many of them this year, so especially uh, on the road to Miami, we, I don't think anyone was expecting that. Certainly not you. Certainly not me. I mean, I know we were going to talk about that later on. I remember we talked on DM about a week ago when we were planning this podcast, and I think we said that, oh yeah, we'll be over by halftime, we'll win this game easily. And I certainly thought that, certainly after the Washington game, and then, you know, what what's happened in that game, the, the loss we had to, to, to Titans, I think it's... Um, could be a really damaging result for us. So um yeah, not certainly what I expected when I watched that game. No, it was a it was a strange one in regard. I mean the, our secondary this year has been annihilated by receivers that are certainly not the level of the likes of Tyreek Hill and and Waddle and and the weapons that you've got there and, and even the guys out of the backfield who who offer a hell of a lot. But it was just one of those one of those games where you're able to move the ball to a certain extent, but just couldn't couldn't really put points on the board. And it took I, mean, I can't remember exactly what it was. I mean, obviously your first touchdown was in the fourth quarter, and and that came from a short field. Um, but it just yeah, it just seems defense. We just absolutely shut it down. And and even though there were still big chunk plays that, that Miami were getting, the Titans just hung in there. And the blocked field goal, I think it was in the first half. Uh, Danico Autry who has been incredible for us since we picked him up from the Colts. Um, no, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a special teams player. He's very much a, a prominent starter on that defensive line, but making a special teams play, which is after the week that we've had on special teams with our punter going down for the year and um, our special teams coordinator being fired, it's it's good to see some special teams play um, coming in more in our favour until until the fourth quarter that was with the uh, with the muffed punt. So yeah, it was it was one of those games which I think I said to you prior to. Prior to the game, it was it was a case of you know how many would Miami win by. I think that was really what I was expecting it to be, just a, a say over by half time, comfortable win. Um, but yeah, was, wasn't to be. Yeah, I mean the game just finished. Uh, we might as well get into it now. I mean finished twenty eight to twenty seven to the Titans. Looking at the quick stats, uh, Levis had three hundred twenty seven yards. Uh, 23 completions from 38 attempts, one touchdown, one pick. Two had 23 uh, completions from 38, 33 attempts, 240 yards, no touchdowns, all picks. Derek Henry led the way with 34 receiving yards, sorry, rushing yards for the Titans, uh, two touchdowns. D Hobb had one touchdown, 124 yards receiving. Uh, TJ Spears had 89 yards receiving as well. Waddle had 79 yards, no touchdown. Mostert had 96 yards, two touchdowns. But I think for me, the first half was, was was I think for me wild because you, I literally I forgot about the the block kick from Sanders, but I think you look at also the fact that we got to the red zone, we we sort of uh, fumbled the ball, gave the ball away to you guys, but then within within minutes and within a few plays, uh, Levis throws a pick six. Uh, that was our first play of the game, and there was the instant towards the end of the first half. Obviously, the Tyree kill injury was. Or proved to be, I think, really crucial towards the game, and he came back late in the game. But I think, um, I think at that point, 
you know, I know he's on the field, but I think there was a lot of problems we had even before. I think we could have really killed the game off if he was there. And that's one thing I will say in positive about the season. If he does play next week and rest of the season, I think we're absolutely fine. But I think we've got to worry about when he wasn't there, just how badly we looked. Um, and yeah, obviously there was the incident, uh, the Bradley Chubb incident, which, um, you know, looking back at now, you know, it, obviously a lot more happened than just this. But, you know, there was a, we got managed to get to fourth down. Manchester, I can't think whether you would field goal range or whether you, had, you could punt it away, but either way, it was a great stop. And um, he chucked, chucked his helmet on the floor, goes back to first down uh, for you guys, and you score, I think, within two plays of that happening. So I think a lot of mistakes from both teams in that first half. And, um, you know, but in the second half, you, know, you go into it, and, you know, third quarter was pretty much, I don't think any points were scored from right, maybe, I don't know, but then the fourth quarter, we get that break through the the fumble from your from the punt returner. We get two touchdowns quickly through most of it. And then, you know, that last three minutes, the first time in NFL history, um, that a team has been three with three minutes left on the game clock, uh, 14 points down, and they've won the game. And the thing I want to talk about mainly was for you, just how crucial was that two-point conversion attempt and completion, successful completion from a call from Vable to do it, and just how crucial was that for you in the final result? It was crucial for the, you know, obviously being 14 points down, we were either going to have to get the two points then or get the two points on the second touchdown um, if we wanted to to try and win that game or or minimum for, force uh, force overtime. I think it showed a mentality of, you know, Vrabel wasn't here for overtime, um, which is, you know, not the first time that, that we've seen him do that. We haven't seen him do it for a while. He's usually a little bit more... Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's not a case of not trusting his team. I think it's more a case of, you know, we just don't really want to have to go for overtime and, and getting that two-point conversion opened up the opportunity. But even after we got the two-point conversion, I wasn't expecting to see the ball again. I was fully expecting that um, that Miami would have enough on offense to to wind the clock down and, and, and eventually get it to knees. But I, it was... It, it was just a, an unbelievable last three minutes of that game. Um, after the, what I'll call combustion, I guess, of that in that fourth quarter, starting with the muffed punt, um, which has been a problem for the Titans for probably two or three years now, at least. We've not had a, a punt returner who you couldn't, I mean, I wince every single time um, we're, we're returning punts, and which was a similar story of our kickers for, for the last few years until this year, at least. Um that, that was a huge, huge moment. And you saw on the sideline, Eric Garraw with, with Mike Vrabel um, sort of discussing it. And it was a, it was a game-changing moment. Um, and then to follow that up with a, with a, a fumble, um, obviously Levis with the, with the handoff or, or the sort of toss back to Henry, didn't quite get it right, caused a fumble. And, and, and look, the only touchdowns that, that Miami scored, uh, the Miami offense scored, yesterday or you know came from from those short field positions and you can't you can't do that in this league and expect to win games but the last three minutes was just was just almost surgical it was it was some of the best that I've seen from Levis um some of the best you know we we are we know that we're very deficient in talent when it comes to the receiver position we're very reliant on DeAndre Hopkins he's still showing that he has it even at uh yeah, in the early 30s, everyone was kind of wrote him off after he was let go by the by the Cardinals. No one really wanted to pick up a piece of him. He's been by far and away our best receiver this year. Um, and we and we did enough with with the likes of Tajay Spears. Has been a an incredible uh, pickup for us in in the draft. Someone who 
when he, I was quite critical of the pick. You know, I really wanted a wide receiver, and then we found out we drafted a running back who's got no ACL. You, you, you're not thinking he's going to really be able to make any kind of impact, but he's been unbelievable and um, someone who you can build a foundation. If Henry is to move on after this year, he's a, certainly a player that I think is an exciting player that we can get even more out of in the years to come. But it was just surgical. It was just one of those one of those games that you wouldn't expect the Titans to kind of win in under those circumstances. 14 points down with three minutes. There's not many teams that come back from that. But an incredible performance, both on offense and defense. Obviously, the defense, um, Harold Landry, who's been out of an ACL injury, came back this year, had a really slow start to the year, which is to be expected. But coming up with big play right at the end on fourth down um, and had a great game overall. It's, it's good. It's, it felt like the Titans of old, the Titans of a few years ago, who you know would go into places like Miami and, and a team that's performing incredibly well, you know, high-powered offense, good defense, and go and turn them over. And that's exactly what it kind of felt like. And we've not had many of those. It's our first away win in over a year. I think it was November 2022, the last time we won an away game. So for us, it's uh, it's a huge win. Even though a lot of fans will be complaining about the the fact that you know, they won a top five draft pick, uh, I'll take a win, especially when you're, wait, you're staying up until 4, 5am in the morning to watch it. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly uh, you've, I think you've been rewarded for um, all those late nights that you've had. You know, I think there's, um, you know, to be a UK fan of a team that isn't performing well and you're playing these, these late games, I think it's um, it, it makes it even better staying up if you can win the game. I think that, you know, I'm 2019 and I'm, you mentioned off camera that I'm a guy that tends to record the late game to watch them the next morning, not knowing the result. I know I'm sure there's plenty of Dolphins fans in that 2019 season that would have been staying up for these late games and, you know, not getting anything, any reward. But I think, you know, this game, I think has massive implications for the AFC seeding in general. I think, I think first of all, as you mentioned, I'm surprised we didn't kill that game off when you scored. You know, I think that, with fact, the fact that our two touchdowns offensively came from running the ball, I'm so, I'm so surprised we didn't get enough first downs. And um, yeah, it, it's 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 a real um, strange one because you know this team's been so good this year at cl- closing at games, or you know a lot of time too fair, a lot of time the game's done by the third quarter. So I think you know it's I think. I'd rather get this game done now out of the way rather than doing the playoffs. I think there's definitely, you know, you'd, you'd rather have these error-prone games now. Uh, but at the same time, we've proved to be a lot better at home and this game could completely kill that because um, not only are we now the second team, we have a chance to go back to the number one overall seed. Uh, we, can, we can still win out and beat the Ravens. We'll still get top seed. You know, that will be fine. But if it comes down to one game we missed out on, I think we'll look back at this Titans game and because we, you, you don't really, it's not a shock to lose to the Bills, the Eagles and the Chiefs, but that is a shock, a loss that no one had us, had us having, you know, we think we had the biggest, Titans think we're the largest underdogs pre-game, uh, sorry, pre-week yeah. 14. Um, so no one thought we'd, we'd, win, we'd lose that game and I think, with the Bills, we'll mention that in a bit, but the Bills beating the Chiefs, only two wins behind us and you know, they got to play the Cowboys next, so we, but, their schedule, apart from that, apart from playing us in that final week of the season, is I think they've got the Chargers and then the Patriots, I think. So mm. they've got a much more favorable. Well, we got the Ravens and Cow- uh, Ravens and Cowboys and the Bills. So I think it could well come down to that final game. And, and I'm hoping that the Bills do lose to the Cowboys. Maybe they lose to the Chargers or something. But 
it could well come to that final week, which could be my birthday, incidentally. Um, it could come down to that final week, and it could be just the most nerve-wracking of games, and considering Liverpool Arsenal's on on the same day, potentially, that'll be um the most horrible of sport days for me, or potentially great sport days, how it goes. But um, yeah, well, I, I think that you know we're a team that's proved to be before this game we were five and zero at home, and we really want that home advantage, and I think that even if we get it, say wild card round, if we do win the division, then. If we get third or fourth, we're liking you playing either the Chiefs or the Ravens away from home, and that is that is really not an easy feat. Whereas if you were home for those games, we'd be beating the Ravens twice in recent years. Actually, one was away, but even so, you want to play those teams at home. And I think to play the Ravens and the Chiefs, two of the hardest grounds to go to. I think in the NFL, I think mm. we could look back if we lose those games in the, in the wild card round or the divisional round to one of these two teams. And I think that it's you've got to look at it and point look back at this game and. The Jets game, if you lose that next week as well, I think we'll look back at that game and think that what could have been. And I, th- I know you guys had the same thing. You probably look back at that 2021 season thinking, what if you beat the Bengals that day? Tannehill hadn't thrown about a zillion interceptions that day. And I think that window's so tight in the NFL. And with Ramsey, he's no, he's no spring chicken. Tyree Kilton, he wants to retire in 2025. Uh, Teron Armstead is our best lineman, but he's never healthy. He'll probably retire in a few years. Saving how is not getting younger, not getting any better either. So the window for us is really now. And I think that I I still have my reservations that was to it is the guy to win your championship. I think it's more about the other guys. But I do think that if you get to the time when they all, all these players like Ramsey and Hill retire, it gets to that point and to it is there and he's playing like he is now. I think that will probably be a team that finishes has a lot of eight and nine seasons, nine and eight, ten and a lot of good seasons, but not good enough to win championship, but not bad enough to to win any high. So I think there's definitely a thing of we have to try and win now, whether it's this year or next year. But I think I have to worry about as if we do lose one of these games on the road and we could have played them at home. I think that could be a a game that we look back on with um, with massive regret. But either way, you know, you know, you got to also praise the Titans. I think it's a really good performance from them defensively. I mean, to make those stops when when you were only six points behind, I think was really big. And then the whole first half, I mean, getting those important plays when you need to, I think it's a really real testament to Mike Vrabel and his team who has struggled for a lot of this year. And I think that it's um, certainly then one that will give you confidence, I think, down the stretch and going into next season as well. Um, that you can go on and beat these teams and have a good season. I think that Levis has shown, albeit in patches, I think Levis has shown for me that he can be the quarterback for you guys. And I do feel like now you've got Spears, he proved to be Derek Henry's replacement. I think you've got a running back there for the future now as well. Um, and yeah, I think obviously Hopkins is old, but Burks has shown at times he can do it, but not quite all the time yet. So I think there's definitely potential there. And I think you have to be you know, positive about what the future holds for your team. I'll be uh, just. I'll start with the just wanted one point I wanted to make on Miami, and and we talked about the injury to to Tyreek. It it almost felt like a completely different offense when he went off the field, which I which I get. You know, I know how important he is to 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 the way that Miami play, and and what I wasn't expecting. You know, I still think you know the Dolphins have got other weapons. They've got good players. They've got you know. Players like Waddle, for example, I, I was expecting you know him just to be the, the kind of main target, but it just it just felt like once Tyreek went down, um, I know they tried to bring him in on a couple of plays, and and he was there in that sort of I think it might have been the fourth quarter or the third quarter when he came in for a few plays. He was there mostly as a bit of a decoy for a shot down the field for for A Chain, which 
um, which he couldn't quite get. But it was it was one of those ones where as soon as he went off the field, I was I was amazed by the drop off. I wasn't expecting it to be as as steep as it was. Because um, I do, I, and I agree with you. I think in terms of that window for Miami, it's going to be interesting to see. They've got a pay tour at some point in the very near future, and and that then automatically uh, makes it harder for you to kind of accumulate talent unless you do it in the draft to you know to go and replace someone like Tyreek if he is to retire in twenty five. But for the Titans um, this year, I mean, I don't know where we're ranking in terms of points allowed from a defense perspective, but there's not many games that we we go and go and concede thirty plus points. Um, and we are, you know, the defense can be quite stingy. The, the thing is with the defense, it's always been a bend, don't break kind of defense. They'll give up a big play, get it into the red zone, but then hold them in the red zone to a field goal. And that's exactly what we saw last night to a certain extent um, is is the defense. You know, they gave up some of those big plays. They, they gave up some some poor penalties. Um, Murphy bumped in with a, a pass interference. I think it was in the second half, you know, got got the, the Dolphins all the way down to within the 10. Um but the one thing with the Titans, you know, you're going to get in the red zone is 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 a very very stingy defense, and that's been the same for for many many years. But we were missing our best defensive player last night. Um, Jeffrey Simmons missing last night was was huge for the Titans. He has been the heartbeat of of the defense for for the last few years. Um, but I was expecting most an A chain to to kind of run all over the defensive line, but they they held firm. The likes of Pecco, who went out injured as well, which was another loss. Um, Autry, the, those guys on the inside there. Um, Tier Tart is another one that, that probably doesn't get talked about enough, but they were they absolutely, you know, you, the success that Miami got when the run game was bouncing outside, and you'll take that all day long because you've got to run parallel before you can you can make any ground. So you're only really going to be getting four or five yard gains rather than big chunk plays. And it was just one of those games. As I say it was like the Titans of old. It's like the Titans that we saw back in 2019 season when we made that sort of playoff run, um, even to the 2021 season to a certain extent, winning the games that no one really expected us to win. Um, it, it felt like the Titans of old. And it has definitely started to get better in the last couple of weeks. You know, there's there's been some poor performances this season. I've been <laughs> sat in the grounds for some of them. Um, but it's uh, one of those things with the Titans is, I can see there's a direction that we're starting to head in. And and Will Levis was someone I wasn't particularly enamoured about when we when we drafted him. Pre-draft, I was very much against that that move. But he's he's 100 percent selling it to me. Uh, he could be that franchise guy. He's just fearless. You saw him running, running over Jalen Ramsey last night after um avoiding the sack from Bradley Chubb. You know that that's the sort of quarterback that you want. who's just going to put a team on your back, and but he's got the arm talent, um, and all he needs now is is the experience to continue to grow. He could be that franchise quarterback that the Titans haven't had. We've had many people we thought were going to be that guy, like some Mariota, like some Vince Young, Jake Locker, but you know he's he's the one that I've I've been most excited about for what feels like a very very long time as long as they can build the offense around him fix the offensive line there's massive problems there give him some weapons we need to draft well there um because you said about trailing Burks unfortunately it hasn't worked out with trailing through mostly down to injuries but you know he hasn't shown he was a and I know it's hard to say he's a replacement for AJ Brown, but ultimately that was what the trade was. The trade was, you know, giving up AJ Brown for trading Burks, and it's it's not 
been anywhere near the level that, that AJ brought to to the Titans and has done continually also for the Eagles. So it's uh, it's not worked out. But if we trade, if we sorry, if we draft well and we use free agency well, we've got a lot of cap space this this coming off season. You know, this um, there's a lot to fix. But if Rand Carthon and, and Vrabel can get it right, it could be a, a quick turnaround, which I wasn't thinking weeks ago it was going to be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think yeah, certainly a lot to be excited about. Um, and you mentioned them not being in the stands. I mean, you, I believe it's four games you've been to this year. You went to the game in London and you went to America. You saw him play in Tampa, Jacksonville and Tennessee. Is that right? Those four games? Yeah, I, I was out in September as well for, for two games. So I've been out for, including London, I think it'll be six games this year. Um, How's that been? Yeah, so... Going to America. I know you've done it before, but how's that been? this year to watch your team play in what's mostly been some quite hot places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a challenge this year, if I'm honest with you. I mean, the game, some of the games we've been to have been, have been, have been really poor at times. Um, New Orleans week one was, was not a classic. It was a, a bit of a, a field goal fest. Um, that was the game where I kind of was convinced that, that certainly Tannehill's time was 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 at an end. I just didn't, you know, unfortunately he had a horror show that day. Um been to Nashville for a for a couple of games. But the game the games that uh the home that we won beat the Chargers. It was a really close game uh, and beat the the Panthers, which was a lot closer than it probably should have been. Um it's been a mixed bag. But the games in Florida, yeah, I mean I've I've come away with sunburn and two losses in Jacksonville and Tampa. Um, unfortunately, it's uh, it kind of you know, it comes with the territory when you're a Titans fan. You have to accept them sometimes. But uh, yeah, we've 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 had some some bad days at the office, and and you know the Baltimore game in in London was was a fine example of that. Really, it was one of those games that you know we, we stuck around. We, you know, it was it wasn't a complete blowout, but you never felt like the team were going to be able to take the game by the scruff of the neck and 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 get anything out of it. Unlike what we saw last night, so. But uh, yeah, we love going over. It's something we do every year. We usually go sort of two, three times a year. If we're lucky enough to be in the playoffs, we'll head over for that as well. But uh, that will save us a few, few quid this year because I think it's like one percent chance for st- still reaching the playoffs. But hopefully, we can finish the season on a high, continue with the the positive momentum into next year. Yeah, um, I, was, I mean, I know I've been to games, but I was very jealous that you got to go to those games. And I know. You- mentioned before but obviously your other half has been converted to be a Titans fan as well so it uh, must be a nice thing to do as a couple really to just to um, have these times off the experience of the holiday as well as we're going to the games you can see a lot of Florida and all that so yeah I think there's definitely you know best thing about America probably is that you can do a lot more than just watch games there there's so much you can do there so it must be a nice excuse to um yeah see see the country What's great about America is is wherever you go in the in the in the country, it's it's everything's just so different. Um, you go along the south, went to New Orleans, a completely different city to to if you go out to the west coast or if you go on the east coast or down to Florida, the climates are completely different. I mean, you can go to Florida now and get 25, 30 degree heat. Uh, you can go to Green Bay and it'd be minus 25. So it's it's one of those places. Obviously, it's such a vast country. You can you can use the same trip, go to a few different places and and experience completely different cities, completely different cultures. And and that's what we love to do. We normally try and do at least one or two games on the road, and and then we'll always go back to Nashville for for one or two as well. Because um, it's good to experience new places and new cities. And there's some cities you'll you'll say you'll never go back to again. There's some cities you then want to go back to again and again. Um, 
but yeah we always we always end up spending a lot of time in Nashville it's become almost like a second home for us yeah I mean Nashville I know we mentioned before but I absolutely love Nashville and I definitely plan to go back when the new stadium is built and try and um, see what that's like and go back but um I remember my friend and my friend and I went we went to in the space of two weeks went to New York Dallas and LA couldn't have picked three more different places than that. I mean, it's um yeah, I think when my friend, my first it's first time in America, I think he got got the full range of America, American culture. I mean, we mentioned Green Bay there. Um the other game last night, there's two games on at the same time. Uh the Giants beat the Green Bay Packers by 24 points to 22 at MetLife Stadium. But moving back to the start of the week, uh the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Patriots by 21 points to 18 on Thursday night football. Heading on to the 6pm slate on Sunday, uh, the Buccaneers beat the Falcons in a big NFC South game by 29 points to 25. The Colts lost to the Bengals 34, 34 points to 14. The Lions had a shock loss to the Bears by 28 points to 13. Uh, the Saints beat the Panthers at home 28 to 6. The Jets beat the Texans at home, which is another shock result, 30 points to 6. And probably the best game of the week, arguably, maybe the second best after last night. Uh, the Ravens beat the Rams 37 to 31 in overtime. Um, and they scored from a punt return for a touchdown and uh, now firmly secure the number one seed in the AFC. But going from one of the best games to the worst game of the week, um, it was nil nil in the fourth quarter in Vegas as the Vikings beat the Raiders by three points to zero, statistically the worst game of NFL football in 16 years, the lowest score since I think it was Patriots Dolphins, no, sorry, Steelers Dolphins in 2007. But either way, not a great game to watch. And I really want to ask you, not about the game itself, I think the game itself is really not worth talking about, but what would you say, Greg? I want to ask you, what is the worst game of NFL football you've ever seen, whether it's on TV or in person? What is the worst game you've ever seen? Is is this one on Sunday? Oh, it's a... I mean, it's 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 got to be up there. I mean, uh, even the week before with the Chargers and, and Patriots game, I think that what was that six nil. And um, I'll be I'll be uh, I'll go down the Titans route with this one. We played the Jags back in I think it was twenty eighteen, uh, quite early on in the season. We beat them nine six, um, and it was a game where Marcus Mariota was playing for us. He got injured, and playing Gabbert came in as as quarterback. Um, obviously, there was just five field goals in it. Uh, we're up against Blake Bortles. I don't think either quarterback threw for more than sort of 150 yards, if memory serves me right. That's definitely one I remember watching, um, thinking, Jesus Christ, I just want this game over with. It was obviously we wanted to win and we did win, which was I was never going to complain about, but it was it was pretty poor to watch. But I don't, I mean, it's probably not as bad as, as what we saw on Sunday. I think that, that Vikings. Uh, Vikings game is is going to be hard to beat for some time. Um, I think they're watching. I mean, I normally watch Red Zone um, on a Sunday, um, and it was just one of those games where they kept going back to it, hoping something might happen, and then it just it'd be a turnover or whatever it might be. And it was just yeah, it was just one of those games that no one's going to be watching the highlights for. I'd be surprised if we can find any highlights, to be honest with you. Do you know what surprised me actually? YouTube, the NFL U channel, has an 11 minute highlights package of this game. I couldn't believe that, especially when the Steel, no, the, the one last week was the Patriots charge was seven minutes long. So I don't know how they got 11 minutes out of out of that game. You must have, I, I don't know what it is. I remember the years ago, there was a Charlton game where the minute, the highlights package was literally a minute long. It was insane. But, um, but yeah, no, I think the one thing that I think has in his favor is that at least it was tight, whereas the one I've gone for is a game that was extremely one sided. I think actually, I'd rather a game be 
three points lay scoring than a 30, 40 point blowout if you're neutral. So that's why I've gone for the worst game I've ever watched. I'm going for the Super Bowl between the Broncos and the Seahawks, where the Seahawks won 43 to 8. Um, I just think that for that game, for me, the game is so much hype going into it, a lot of expectations in New York, you know, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, all these things. And then first play, uh, Manning takes safety after a botched snap. And I think that it's, I, I'd much rather watch that Patriots Rams one where it was 13 to three, because at least that was mm. tight. Whereas games where it's one sided and it's over by half of a thing, no one wants to watch that because you know it's over and done with. So, yeah, that's one I've got. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, there's a couple of examples. I mean, I went to a game, um, I watched the Titans play in Houston back in, I think it was 2017. We lost, uh, it's 57-14, I think it was. Um, that was was pretty depressing. But I, I, the one game I always remember, if you're talking about one-sided, complete blowout, 2009, I think it was, just before Christmas, the Titans lost 59-0 to the Patriots. Um, oh, I think I've seen uh, that. It was, yeah, yeah you're, 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 there's there's a, a well-known meme of a Titans fan wearing a Christmas hat looking entirely depressed uh, that still gets floated about here and there. Um, so, yeah, the Titans had some dark days uh, in that regard. That's If you're talking about one-sided and, and not entertained purely for that purpose, then absolutely I was kind of going more by the just lack of quality Um which is why I kind of chose the game. And that's kind of what you saw with that Vikings game. But yeah, like you say, it was close. It could have, uh, if there could have been some entertainment in the last few minutes that um, that changed that game. But yeah, one-sided blowouts are never fun to watch, certainly if you're neutral. No. Um, I've got to say, on talking of our own teams, I think I genuinely might have this game last night as my least favorite game of all time because most years... I'm used to the team not winning games and not doing well. I mean, I've only seen this play two playoff games in my whole life. I'm used to the team, which I expect to lose a lot of these games in the past, but it's the hope that kills you as a saying I'll use for this because, you know, I think the other game I could think of probably played the Broncos in the 2020 year. I think we got 10 wins that whole year and didn't make the playoffs, which is crazy. Again, double-digit wins and not making playoffs. And I think that Broncos game, we're on a good and a form and it sort of broke that a little, that momentum a little bit. But I think... This game for me, I think, could be looked back in a few years as one of my least favourite because if it is as what's the word? It's if it is as consequential as I'm thinking it might be for the season, um, I might look back at this game as my least favourite ever because most years, you know, you're you're three and three by week six or you're zero and five by week by week five. So for me, yeah, it's the one season where I've had a lot of hope and I'm seeing this team actually win a lot of games and I'm not I'm not used to losing at the moment. So for me, it might be up there. <laughs> Um, now, moving on from the Vikings-Raiders game um, to the other games that went on, the, the latest late saw the 49ers beat the Seahawks by 28-16 to and surely wrap up the NFC West. The Broncos beat the Lodi Chargers 24-7. to And then the last two games we want to focus on, uh, first of all, is Bills-Chiefs, uh, 20 points to 17 win for the for the Bills. But the main talking point was the offside call. I mean, we got a what would have been one of the all-time great plays uh, when... Kelsey threw a lateral pass to Tony, ran for a touchdown. We all thought, right, that's going to win him the game. Turned out Tony was offside and it caused a, a lot of angry reaction from Patrick Mahomes. We never really see, see that from him, really, him getting that angry. Probably normally because he normally wins games. Um, but that was obviously the main talking point. Uh, big win for the Bills, which they're creeping up on us now in that AFC seeding, um, AFC East especially. Um, but what was your take on, on the call? It's one of those ones, and and 
again, if you're in the neutral and you're just, you know, for purely entertainment purposes, it was an incredible play. Um, the heads up play by Kelsey to to see him and make that make that decision to to throw the lateral was was incredible. But he was he was yeah he was offside at the end of the day. So there's not a lot you can say. I, don't, I like Mahomes going going as crazy as he was. I don't think it was a good look for him um, because it was clear as day that that had to be called as a penalty. Um, but it's one of those ones that, at the end of the day, the way I see it is they called it right on the field. Yes, it, you know it was a it was a shame because it was an incredible play heads up play, but the right decision was made. I'd much rather the right call be made in that situation than you know what we had in the I think it was it the NFC Championship game a few years ago with a missed call on um, was it the Rams against the Saints. I want to yeah. say yeah um something like that which you know completely spoiled the ending of that game and ultimately it would have would have spoiled the ending of that one for 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 the neutrals and, and certainly for the bills so yeah for me I, I think it's the right call the right decision was made i i think the way mahomes reacted to it afterwards was was pretty poor from him to be honest with you it, there's an entitlement there almost and it's uh yeah it's quite frustrating i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more it's you know sadly the result of him being used to winning. He's almost it's almost like the sport child syndrome. He's you know if he's so used to what five years, not a single playoff game on the road except the Super Bowl, which is neutral venue. You know he's been so used his whole career since he's been a starter to winning these games, and and a lot of times he's forgotten. They've had a lot of dodgy calls. He's forgotten about the Eagles game at that dodgy call at the end on James Bradbury. You know, and I think that I love Mahomes, I still do, but I I think you're right. It wasn't a good look, and I think at the end of the day. It was the right call. He was offside, and his foot was clearly in, in a neutral zone. And I, I don't know really why he's complaining. Um, from honest with you, and I think that it's, you know, it, it's the Chiefs. Me, this this result. I think this this result could um, be the fire that they need needed to light in their in their bodies to, for the rest of the season. It could inspire them, give them that sort of chip on their shoulder to go and win games. Um, but you know, it may well be now. I think it's going to be the case now where Mahomes unless the Ravens go out early. He's actually going to play a playoff game on the road, which he's never done uh, in a non-Super Bowl setting. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how he does in that. Uh, and speaking of which, interesting, um, with the Eagles-Cowboys situation in the NFC East, uh, the Cowboys did win on Sunday Night Football, 33-13. Second straight loss for the Eagles, a massive worry for them. But the main thing I want to talk about with you, Greg, is just Nally beating a team as good as the Eagles. Just how legit could the Cowboys actually be this year in the season? Got a really tough run in. That's that's the one thing I, I looked to their schedule. They've got some really really tough games. If they come out of the of those games, um, winning the majority, then I think you, you can say they're certainly a contender. They've got the weapons. They've got the players. I'm I'm not. I mean, Dak is a capable quarterback, but I don't file him under elite by any stretch. So I think um, uh, this year, I think the NFL as a whole is. I don't think the quality is as high as we've seen in previous years. So I think we could definitely see someone go on a run at the end of this year and, and go all the way for that, for that reason. Um, I think the Eagles will come back and fight back. I think eventually they'll be fine. Um, they've had a couple of bad, bad uh, defeats, but they've played against the Niners who are probably the most complete team in the, in the, in the league at the moment. And against the, the Cowboys away from home, you know, you might, you are going to drop games occasionally. I think they'll bounce back. They've got a much more favorable run in, but it'd be interesting to see how Dallas do if they can. If, I think it was a five games left. If they can, if they can win four of those. I think they could go on a hell of a run this year. Yeah, I agree, and I think that it's a it's a good sign for them and a good 
Um, conference boost that they've actually beaten the Eagles now, albeit at home. Uh, they might have to play them away from home in the playoffs. But either way, yeah, there was a great result for them. Uh, before we do go, uh, we're asking these questions later on in the season to all our guests. Um, first of all, Greg, your MVP vote, if you were one of the panel, who would you vote for? That's a good question. It's a tough one this year. Uh, there's no there's no quarterbacks that I would... I mean, it's always been a quarterback league, right? So, And there's no quarterbacks I would necessarily... Uh, pinpoint this out to to be honest with you I think it's probably probably one of the toughest years to have it um I mean if I'm going to go quarterback I'd probably go Lamar I think what the way he's got the Ravens moving at the moment I think Ravens are probably the best team in the AFC right now um don't take that personally but um I think it's (laughs) for me for me I just think they are incredibly strong and and they just win games like they they dug dug out a win against the Rams uh, on Sunday um you know, even though I don't think they were the best team on the field that day, to be honest with you. So I think I think I'll probably go probably go Lamar, which is a bit of a slightly more controversial choice, I would say. I don't know I think many people will be voting for him, but I think he's he's pulled together a hell of a run with the Ravens this year. Yeah, he has been good. But I my vote actually has changed. I've had McCaffrey every week, but now I'm saying Tyreek Hill after what I saw last night, I think it's clear to see how viable he is to that team. And he could break that Calvin Johnson record and go two thousand yards. Quickly as well before we go, um if, if you had to pick your Super Bowl matchup now for February, which two teams are playing in it? I think it'd be Ravens and Niners. I'd be surprised if if I think they're the teams to beat in in each of the uh, each of the conferences. Um, I can't, I just can't see anyone beating the Ravens in the AFC at the moment. I think the Chiefs, unless they go on a run, um, I think the Ravens could, will definitely beat them, especially if they're at home. So I'd go not, I'd go Niners Ravens at the moment. But ask me in two weeks' time, it might be different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, mine's still been Niners Chiefs ever since probably week eight. I'm sticking with that because I still think the Chiefs will will go on a run and find a way in the playoffs when it matters, even if it's on the road. Uh, but that is how we'll end our podcast for today. So first of all, thank you, Greg, for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. No problem at all, mate. And we will see you guys for our next episode. <laughs>